This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, your host, and I am uh, flying solo this week. Unfortunately, it's been a pretty rough week for Missy, honestly. This has been... uh, the slowest recovery that uh, that we've had in three months of chemotherapy. By the way, for, for those of you who are just tuning in perhaps for the uh, very first time, thank you. Uh, and just to get you caught up, Missy is my lovely bride and uh, earlier this year diagnosed with lung cancer. She's uh, a part of this program whenever possible. And uh, uh, this week, it is not possible, uh, unfortunately. She has been in bed since her – she came home the last day of chemo last Friday and has basically been in bed ever since. Uh, and every time she gets up, she's sick and it's, uh, it's not been fun and it's not been pleasant. And, uh, I'm ready for this to be over and she's ready for it to be over. We've got one more month to go. So keep us in your thoughts and our prayers because this is, this is the part where it's, you know, the, the grind, I, I guess. This is where, uh, she really, really wants it to be done. Uh, we all want it to be over and, uh, and she's, she knows that she's got, you know, one more month of this. She knows that she's got, a recovery period that's getting longer and longer. So I think she's uh, a little down right now, and understandably so. But hopefully, hopefully, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, we're going to have a Christmas miracle. And uh, by the time the weekend arrives and our adult kids come home, she's going to be up and around. And I think that having everybody in the house for Christmas this year is going to be a uh, it's going to be a very good thing for her. Uh, and uh, and for all of us, you know, as, as the kids get older and they start their own lives, sometimes I, there's got to come a time when we're not going to have everybody home for Christmas. Um, and that's going to that's going to be weird because that that is the one holiday that we have typically always had uh, all five of our kids, even when the uh, the, the grown ups have. Uh, you know, moved off and have started their own lives in uh, other states or other towns. Christmas has been the holiday that they all come back. So it'll be a very full house for Christmas weekend. We will have our five kids. The two uh, adult children are bringing their significant others as well. That will be interesting. I don't know how much we'll be talking about that on uh, next week's 40 Acres in a Fool, but I'm looking forward to that. I uh, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret here. Uh, so my oldest daughter has been dating her significant other for several years now. And I think this is the year that I'm going to actually ask him, so what are your intentions with my daughter? <laughs> kind of to put him on the spot. I like the kid. I say he's a kid. He's a, a grown man. I like the man. Um, but I, I I also am kind of curious. Like, so what's what's going on here? Is there marriage in the future? So I, I, that, that's going to be my little Christmas gift to him uh, this weekend. Uh, it has been uh, a very busy week off the farm as well. 
on the farm, um, not a whole lot new to tell you, honestly. Uh, it's uh, uh, typically dark when I get up and start walking the dogs and let the chickens out and uh, make sure the goats have water. Thankfully, it's been warm enough that uh, the goats and the hogs' water hasn't frozen over. A couple of days, uh, it's frozen in the morning, but it uh, gets up into the 50s. So can't complain about the weather. All the critters are doing fine. We haven't had any other incidents uh, with any of the hogs. Thankfully, um, had a moment when I uh, went to uh, put up the chickens the other night and shut the uh, door of the coop, and I am shining my flashlight in the coop, and I'm I'm counting legs uh, in pairs of legs here, and and I because uh, sometimes they bunch up and it's kind of hard to tell uh, if that's one chicken, one big fluffy chicken, or those uh, two chickens. Um, so I'm counting, and I was only coming up with five chickens, which would have been too short. We have uh, five hens. We have two roosters. And I was only coming up with 10 legs. Uh, so I I was 80% sure that we had had a uh, coyote come back. And uh, I, was, I was a little bummed. But the next morning, as the chickens are all uh, exiting the coop, I'm doing a head count. And lo and behold, all over there. So I don't know what happened, but uh, we had a couple of chickens in hiding one night. So that, that's honestly like it's been a really quiet week on the farm. That's been the most exciting thing that's happened. And I'll take it. I'll, I, I will I will take a quiet week somewhere because it is uh, it's been busy domestically speaking. Uh, work has been busy as well. I woke up Monday morning and uh, Trent Marsh, who is a uh, friend of the show and a personal friend as well, had uh, tweeted at me something like, hey, Cam, have you seen this? And, and it was a link to a National Review article. And I said, no, I have not. And, uh, and I, I clicked the link. And there at National Review is this article by a guy named Matthew Scully, who's a former literary editor for National Review and a former speechwriter for George W. Bush. Uh, and a guy who uh, became a vegetarian. I don't know. Actually, I don't. I haven't read his. He wrote a book called Dominion in, uh, a few years ago, in which he talked about vegetarianism and how how uh, uh, he adopted vegetarianism. But I don't know when that was in his life. But uh, now it sounds like vegetarianism is not enough. Now it it is hardcore veganism. Uh, we need to change the way we eat right now. And the longer we wait, the, the worse it is because one day his premise is we're going to wake up and we're going to realize that that eating meat and the way we eat meat, but really eating meat in general, uh, is akin to slavery. That it that that the, the abolition of meat eating uh, would be as noble a cause and as vital to uh, humanity's progress as the abolition of slavery. I had an issue or two with this premise. Um, And I did something that I very rarely do. I was in front of my computer reading this. I wasn't reading this on my phone. And I immediately opened up a Word document, and I just started type, 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 typing away. And uh, about 1,800 words later, I stopped. <laughs> uh, and I uh, contacted Charles Cook, who's the uh, uh, editor of National Review Online, and I, I said, I would like to submit a reply here. And he was said, okay, that's great. I'd like to, to read it. So I uh, sent it off, and 
with some uh, minor edits. Uh, the uh, editorial staff there at National Review, I think, did a uh, really good job in helping me sort of refine my points and uh, and hone my points and uh, bolster my case. Um, so I appreciate the, uh, the the help that they gave. the uh, The piece ran on Wednesday. Uh, at Nash Review Online. I did not pick the headline. I would not have, uh, I'm not going to quibble with it because it's just, it is what it is. The writers don't pick the headlines typically. Um, but it was in defense of farming, hunting, and eating meat. And, and yes, um, it, it was written in defense, but I guess it was, uh, in my mind, it was written more in praise of, not in defense of farmers and hunters and eating meat. And I'm not going to regurgitate the uh, the whole thing here. I would encourage you to go to National Review Online and uh, just search for my name or search for in defense of farmers, hunters, and eating meat. I would love to know your thoughts on it if you uh, uh, had get a chance to read it. Um, I was very, very gratified to hear from folks who have grown up on farms and who have come from ranching families who have spent their entire life doing what I have been trying to do foolishly and haphazardly uh, for the last four years. I heard from a number of those folks who said, thank you for writing this. You, you, you nailed it. Uh, you got exactly what I feel and exactly what uh, goes into the care of our animals. And that, that really meant something to me. Uh, so I got to thank you for that. It has been uh, it has been almost four years exactly, actually, since we moved from the suburbs of Washington D.C. to this little farm in Central Virginia. I tell you what, when we come back, uh, I'll tell you the story of how we got here. So stick around. There's more Forty Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network right after this. Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So as I mentioned, it's been uh, almost four years now to the day since we actually moved in. It was right after Christmas 2012 when we uh, moved into our rambly old farmhouse in central Virginia from the uh, D.C. suburbs. And uh, the weekend before Christmas, we actually went down to the house for the first time. We had already signed all the paperwork. Had that sort of gut wrenching moment, right? When you sign pen to paper for a mortgage and you're, you're just, oh, it's, it's just an awful feeling. Um, but it's mixed. It's that, that excitement. And then, oh my gosh, that's so much money. And this is dread, right? Cause you're looking at a 30 year mortgage. Uh, at least we were anyway. Um, so we had the keys to the house. There was nothing in the house at that point. Uh, but the electricity was on. So the heat was on. So we said, yeah, well, let's go down. We'll bring the sleeping bags. We'll, we'll camp out. Uh, let's let's do that. 
and explore the house, explore the property, because we didn't really have a chance to do that uh, before we bought the house. We, you know, had been to the house a couple of times, and we had uh, generally walked around the uh, the property, but we hadn't really had a chance to explore it yet. So, uh, so we all piled into the minivan, and actually, no, I guess at that point we had. Uh, uh, Miss E's truck because her minivan had already died. So we all piled into the truck uh, and drove down to the farm. Our, our uh, now 16-year-old brought his best friend because he was having a very hard time with moving. And uh, we wanted to try to make it as easy as possible for him. His best friend, by the way, loved the farm more than our son did. His best friend actually wanted us to adopt him. And, and our son could have just uh, lived up in uh, northern Virginia. So we're there, and it, it's... It was so, looking back, it was so different from what our house is now, uh, and not just because it was empty of, you know, furniture, and we quickly discovered that uh, not every room, because we had always been there in the day, and we hadn't really looked or noticed how many rooms didn't have ceiling lighting. So, uh, yes, we had heat, and the... Uh, uh, the living room had light, but uh, our bedroom had no light. Our bathroom had no light. <laughs> there were there were some there were some really dark spots in the house, um, and it just it was new, right? You didn't I, there, I I I wasn't familiar with things. Now I can walk through my house in the middle of the night. Lights can be off. Dogs can be on the floor. I generally know where everything is. Uh, then it was completely just brand new. And so you, I, I got lost at one point because we have a front staircase and then we have a back hallway with a back staircase. And I just got turned around and I, uh, I didn't know where I was. It was it was weird uh, after living there in that rent house in northern Virginia for eight years to all of a sudden be sort of, you know, striking off uh, and and actually doing something uh, that had just been a crazy idea for Miss E and I for months and months. Uh, and this is where we get into the telling of the story of how we ended up there. Because it took us, when we finally decided, let's just make this crazy leap and uh, you're working weird hours and you're rarely at home anyway. And that was sort of the impetus when we just decided, like, we don't, can't buy in Northern Virginia. It's way too expensive. Uh, if we were to buy a house, it would be an hour and a half or two hour commute uh, to work every day. And we didn't want to do that. So if that's the, if that's what it would take to buy a house, well, let's just go even further out and see what we can get outside of the D.C. bubble uh, and, and, and find a, a small farm and find a place that, uh, that we really, really like. Um, and we knew it was going to be a sacrifice. We knew that it was going to be unorthodox. But it was already, you know, our, our, our life was already a little unorthodox, I guess. Uh, at the time, uh, Cam and Company was 9 to midnight. So I'd leave for work right before the uh, kids would get home from school, or maybe if I was, could push it, I'd, I'd, I'd leave right afterwards so I could say hi. Uh, but that was it. I didn't get a lot of time with my family during the week anyway. So if that was the case, well, then why not just accept that uh, and, in fact, try to make the, the best of it, try to make the most out of that. So that's what we did, and we started looking. And I, I've been joking on Twitter about uh, how I want to start a show on HGTV called uh, Progressive Preppers. I I really, as we were looking at farmhouses, I really wanted to uh, start a show called Farm Flippers uh, because there are so many 
cool old farmhouses all around the state of Virginia. And we looked all around the state of Virginia, uh, as well as a little swath of uh, West Virginia. We actually looked uh, near a place called Romney, West Virginia. And this is the fall of 2012 as we're, as we're, you know, driving around looking at places. Uh, and I thought, hmm, is this a sign? Romney, West Virginia. What happens if Romney wins? Would Romney, West Virginia all of a sudden become like a, a hip little gathering spot? You know, because it'd be a couple hours from DC. And there was a cool old farmhouse there tucked way back on a gravel road, uh, probably eight or nine miles away from Romney itself uh, in a, I mean, I guess you'd call it a holler. Um, and it was an old log cabin from probably the 1830s or so, really low ceiling, six foot ceiling, uh, with a wooden ladder. No, no, it was a very, uh, steep wooden staircase that went up to a second floor. Um, and that, and, and, the, and so that was the original cabin. And then, uh, the house had sort of been built on, around it. And so the cabin, the lower floor was the kitchen, uh, which Miss E did not like as she's like 5'10 and at six foot ceiling. She was like, no, this isn't going to work. Uh, but upstairs there was this beautiful clawfoot bathtub, uh, in the old, you know, wooden cabin. And you could look out the window onto a pond and the barn off in the distance. And I mean, it was, it was gorgeous. Uh, and the rest of the house was really, really neat, but it was too isolated for uh, Miss E. It was about three or four miles down a, uh, a gravel road, and I don't know what it would have been like to get home in the winter, so that was a consideration. So we ultimately bypassed Romney, West Virginia. Uh, we started in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. That was the, uh, or just outside of Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. That was the first place that we looked because we figured it was like four hours straight shot, 95. Um, and it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a charming, little farm, um, 80 acres. And it was like $80,000 with a farmhouse there and a big barn. Uh, so that really intrigued us. So we got down there and, uh, cute little house, nothing special. It was very, very close to, um, this arts and crafts style bungalow, like really close. And as it turns out, this was a family property and they were selling off, the fa- the old family homestead uh, in the 80 acres, and I think it was a grandson that was just going to keep this other house that was on the property. They were going to carve that out. Um, and so we were thinking, okay, well, if we want to move to the country, you know, we kind of wanted to get away from neighbors, not have one right there. But whatever. Uh, we looked around. It was a great place. And uh, uh, there were some issues we, we discovered as we were leaving and talking to the realtor um, about an oil Leak. Apparently, the uh, home oil system had a buried tank that had leaked at some point, and so there was there were some minor concerns about the well water. Uh, and so we're keeping this in the back of our mind. But we were still so excited because it was the first one that we had looked at. And we just thought to ourselves, "Wow, we could do this! This is amazing!" And then, as we uh, were driving back, um, we started itching a little bit just to just kind of around the waist area and uh oh man by the time we got home it was it was awful we we both had chiggers that we had uh caught from brushing up against hay in the barn as we were exploring the barn and i didn't know what was going on 
for you know hours. I'm like, what is this? What 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 is happening? This is awful. Uh, and yes, it was chiggers. And that was our. I don't know. Maybe we would have had a very happy life there on that property, but after getting chiggers uh, and scratching myself silly for like three days. I didn't like that property anymore. I didn't want to live there. I thought that I just had a uh, I had a very negative reaction uh, to, to the idea of uh, living there. So we kept looking and we kept looking and we kept looking and looking because while we saw some great spots and some great spaces, there's always something that just wasn't wasn't quite right for us. Uh, Missy definitely wanted a historic uh, old rambly farmhouse that was that was her thing i wasn't opposed to that idea but the idea of relatively new construction um a little bit more stable perhaps less repairs needed that appealed to me and so we kind of went back and forth Primarily focusing on the uh, the old farmhouses, there was, and there were some that just were in weird spots. There were some that were, as it turned out, a little bit too out of the way. Um, some had some great, great uh, property, but not a great house. Some had great homes on them, but uh, not great property. At one point, we actually put in an offer uh, for a home. Not far from Farmville, actually. Um, it was a, a custom-built home from the 1970s, but it was a, a old colonial style. And the guy who uh, built it, it was he was the contractor uh, and and or a contractor, but this was his family home, and it was it was cool in a 70s sort of way. Uh, the kitchen was all decked out with the latest appliances from the 1970s, including this food processor that was like built into the kitchen island and you pressed a button and it kind of flipped up and around. I mean, it was, it had the uh, home intercom system. Oh, it was, it was, it was high tech for the 1970s. Uh, and it had a really nice piece of property, had a nice farm on it and a, a good barn and put in the offer. And, uh, and that's when the problem started. Because, as it turned out, um, the widow of the contractor had, had taken out a reverse mortgage and owed more than what the uh, the farm was worth. And so she had listed the, uh, the farm at, you know, X amount of dollars. And as it turned out, she owed like X amount of dollars and $40,000 more. Uh, to the mortgage company. And so when we actually put in an offer, all of a sudden people figured out, the, the, the realtor figured, the realtor had no idea about what was going on. Uh, but this all sort of came to light, put a crashing halt to everything. I don't know what happened to the farm. I don't know if it ended up going and getting foreclosed on. Um, we couldn't wait, or we didn't want to wait. We wanted to keep looking. And finally, after about four months, and uh, on our 16th in-person visit to a farm, we drove down this gravel road, and Miss E clutched my arm before we even got halfway down the driveway and said, this is the one. And we uh, pulled around the big cypress tree and parked under the carport and uh, uh, walked inside. And pretty much from the first moment we 
went in the door. I, I knew that, uh, that this is what we were, this is where we were going because, uh, I wasn't completely sold 100%, but Missy was over the moon. And, uh, and here we are four years later. So just taking a look back on this, uh, anniversary time for us moving into the farm always puts me in the uh, mood to reminisce. And, uh, and there you go. Now you get a, you know, a little bit more about how it was that uh, we ended up there on corny goat farm. All right, stick around. We've got a little bit more 40 acres and a fool from the blaze radio network. It's coming up right after this 40 acres and a fool with cam Edwards on the blaze radio network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So I'm taking vacation next week on uh, NRA News Cam and Company. So uh, we'll have some uh, guest hosts, John and uh, Cameron and I think Stacey Washington. I know Julie Gunlock going to be sitting in, I think. Uh, Stacey Washington as well, I believe. Uh, so it'll be a, a good week. Uh, of shows, I, I will. I'll miss the audience, but uh, I haven't taken a vacation in a year. I think I'm not. I'm not sure when I last took a vacation, honestly. So I'm looking forward to having a couple of days off. I've got a lot of stuff to do around the house, and really a lot of stuff to do outside of the house. Um, uh, it's all of a sudden now. It's January, and I felt like we got such a late start with the garden last year, and it just threw us. And then with Miss E's. Uh, health concerns that threw us even more. So I'm, I, I'm, I've been bound and determined that I, you know, I'm going to do a lot of stuff, uh, over the winter to get the garden ready for the spring. And I haven't done any of it. So next week, uh, that's what I'll be doing. I'm just going to go ahead and start, uh, rototilling our garden space, probably do it a couple of more times, try to uh, level it out, get rid of the remains of the raised beds. So it'll be easier for me to, uh, weed and mow between the paths. Um, have some other, uh, just, you know, small projects that I want to do. I want to move the goats, I think, to, uh, to new pasture. I think I'd like to find a new spot for the hogs as well. Just, you know, all the stuff that takes time and, uh, and you're always looking for that time, especially again, this time of year. And I'm curious, uh, for those of you who, who have off farm work, uh, if, if this is an issue because it, 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 it is an issue for me. Uh, you get up in the morning and it's dark out and you, uh, you take care of your morning farm chores and you, uh, get home from work and it's dark out and you do the evening chores in the dark, but, uh, it, it, you know, it's dark. So it's not like you can do a lot of the, um, the big stuff like, you know, moving fencing around or, uh, clearing out the garden plot. Uh, you, you know, that, that's really hard to do <laughs> when it's dark, uh, and when it's cold, uh, in the winter as well. But particularly, you kind of need to see to do these things. So I just find that my time available to do all of this stuff 
really disappears. This is supposedly the, uh, you know, the slow time of year, but to me, it's the, the time of year where I feel like I, I really can't get anything done. At least when it's June or July, uh, yes, there's always weeding. There's always something to do, but I can get home and at least have an hour and a half of daylight and I can, I can do it. I, I, I feel like in a usual year when we're not dealing with health problems, we didn't get that late start. I always feel like I can be a little bit more on the ball, but I want to get ahead of the curve. Uh, this time around so that when springtime comes, the garden is uh, ready to go and we get a good start because I want that to be my gift to Miss E. Uh, it, 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 you know, she's been going through all of this um, with the chemotherapy. I know that it's been really hard on her and I know she really wants next year when she's finished with this. I know she wants to recover and I know she wants next year to be as normal. <laughs> you know, and she wants it to be a great year, right? We all do, but she also just wants it to be as normal a year as possible. And normal for the last uh, three out of four years has been we've got a pretty good sized garden and we're never quite able to uh, grow everything that we want, but, uh, uh, we always have plenty of vegetables for the table. We've always got a abundance of tomatoes that we can give away to friends and family. And I want to give that to her. I want to make sure that she has that. And I know that, frankly, um, she's not going to be in a position to help out, uh, not in the early part of the spring anyway. So that's going to be on me. And, uh, and next week is my opportunity to... Get a head start on that. So wish me well, and uh, you can feel free to send me uh, words of encouragement and or uh, admonitions to get on with it if I'm slacking. <laughs> the email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. 40acrefool, 40acrefool at gmail.com. In fact, why don't we take a quick time out? We've got a couple of emails to get to. Stick around. We'll be right back with more 40 Acres and a Fool. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. Jeffy and we went... Took the camel ride from the guy on the side of the road. He like charged five dollars or whatever yeah, to ride the camel. Animal. Those were kind of mean oh, too. That camel, that camel. Were, of course, you were trying to get on one, that and one they camel didn't hated want me. that to happen. That camel like, did get not off, you fat swab! I think it were, were the exact word. Pat and Stu, weekdays at five p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. So we've got some emails to get to, uh, including one from Charity, uh, who says, I'm sending you Merry Christmas tidings from the frozen tundra of South Dakota. Uh, I hope all is well and Miss E is feeling better. I hope she's feeling better too uh, soon, too, Charity. Thank you. Charity says, uh, regarding Christmas traditions, we always have Christmas Eve at my mom's in town. Uh, and uh, since she turned 65 last year, she stopped making a huge Christmas Eve dinner. Now our new tradition is ordering Chinese takeout. Uh, Charity says, since we are in Chinese food desert out in the country, there are no complaints from us. Uh, you know, Charity, that's funny. Uh, we, uh, we have, we have, uh, we're, we're not a Chinese food desert. 
But we're in a good Chinese food desert. I, I do have to say, we can get better sushi, actually, in Farmville than Chinese food, which I, I, that puzzles me, because uh, you can actually get really good sushi in Farmville, Virginia. And I'm not kidding you, it's not in a gas station, but it's right next to the gas station. And if you want to use the restroom, you got to use the gas station's restroom. Uh, yeah, and it's really good sushi. <laughs> it's really fresh. I We've talked with the owners. They're really good people, but it's right next to a gas station. So there you go. Charity says, uh, Christmas Day, we open presents, and then we have coffee and donuts with my husband's side of the family. And in the afternoon, my husband takes the kids sledding. When I was a kid, she says, we'd load up the car and we'd visit my family in Nebraska every Christmas Day. My mom comes from a family of 11. Wow. And in those days, my grandparents' house was full of aunts and uncles and tons of cousins. But now we're spread out across the country, making it hard for a big family to get together. Charity says, until recently, I never knew how lucky I was to grow up with a huge extended family. I want to wish your family a very Merry Christmas and wonderful New Year. As always, Missy, you're in my thoughts and prayers. Charity from South Dakota and Charity, thank you. I hope that you and your family have a very Merry Christmas as well. Enjoy the coffee and donuts. Enjoy the quiet time when hubby takes the kids sledding. And uh, enjoy the Chinese food there on Christmas Eve. Trent. Trent Marsh from uh, Indiana, who made an appearance in my uh, column at National Review this week, quoted some words of wisdom from Trent. Trent says, we do something a little bit different on my mom's side for Christmas Eve. We get together, just the siblings and mom and my stepdad, for brunch. We have brunch casserole and monkey bread. Oh, monkey bread. And we do our immediate family Christmas. And then that evening, we get together with my grandparents and aunt and uncle uh, for what has become our odd tradition Taco night. (laughs) Trent says, several years ago, I pushed the idea. Of course, Trent is behind taco night. We tried it, and it was great. Rather than anyone having to make a big meal, why not just get together? Everybody brings a couple of items for tacos. So the host typically does the ground beef. We all buy local frozen halves, so ground's never in short supply. This year, all I need to bring are olives and cheese. Tacos are good food to munch on throughout the night. We love it. The fact that I'm mildly obsessed with tacos is not a factor at all. Says Trent. Very little new here. Deep cold last week. 11 below on Monday. Oh, my gosh. That's 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 just painful sounding, Trent, honestly. Uh, we had we had some pretty brutal stretches last winter, and I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, we don't have a similar stretch this coming year. We are just now in, you know, winter. Uh, in fact, my kids have been complaining there's no snow. I'm like, it's, you know, technically it's been fall. Uh, we, we have, we have months to go of winter kids. Just hush your mouth and don't tempt fate. Uh, Trent says we find out January 5th for sure that, uh, we'll be having a boy. I've already resolved the issue, says Trent at this point. It's more for my wife. Uh, here's to putting the radioactive dumpster fire that has been 2016 behind us and a better 2017. Well, Trent, thank you for writing in. And, uh, I'm, I, listen, I'm, I'm so excited for you and your wife. Uh, you are going to make a great dad, and uh, 2017, I think, simply with the with the addition to your family, 2017 is guaranteed to be a pretty awesome year for you. So congratulations, and Merry Christmas, and enjoy Taco Night, Trent. We're going to have to talk about this, uh, this, this taco fixation here. I, how does a uh, guy growing up in rural Indiana become so obsessed with tacos. 
That's the uh, that's the real question. All right. And uh, on that note, I got to thank Trent as well for uh, retweeting a lot of my <laughs> tweets at angry vegans on uh, Twitter this week. You can find me uh, at Cam Edwards. It was it was fun. I, I, I knew as soon as I submitted this piece for National Review that I was going to have angry vegans angry at me for praising farming and hunting and eating meat. But uh, I had one guy who just would not stop. And I actually had, I, I should note, I had a, a couple of vegans say, thank you for writing this, uh, because I'm not anti-vegan. If you want to eat vegetables, go eat vegetables. I'm not going to give any grief, but don't give me grief. See, it's the angry vegans. It's the, uh, and I, I, I would be upset with angry meat eaters, too. Go ahead, eat that steak. Just stop that. Quit telling people what to do. Let them live their own life. If you want to eat vegetables, eat vegetables. I, go for it. If you want to have a steak on the side, enjoy that steak. But, you know, my attitude is I want to know more about where my food comes from. And I really like eating meat that I have raised because I know exactly what went into that uh, product, both the, uh, uh, the, the food and the care. And I, I found after four years of living on this small farm in central Virginia and, and doing this that that's important to me. Um, I don't eat 100% of my meals that way. I don't know that I ever will. Uh, but I like having that, that, uh, uh, that awareness of where my food has come from. So angry vegans don't really care about that. They don't, they don't, it's not that they, they don't want, they don't care if you're treating your animals well, because they see the fact that, you know, eventually you're eating that animal. Eventually there's that moment where you kill the animal that you have treated well for so long. And that moment for the animal rights activists and the, uh, the, the, the vegans um, supersedes the good life that you gave that animal. And I, I got to tell you, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. I just did. I certainly don't agree with it. But if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. But you're not going to change my mind. But angry vegan kept lecturing me. So I decided that uh, every time Angry Vegan tweeted at me, I was going to tweet a picture of meat. And uh, Trent was nice enough, along with uh, several other folks, to uh, retweet and share. That was fun. That was actually the that was the most fun I have had on Twitter in a good long time. Uh, you know, I stepped away from Twitter for about four months earlier this year because I just didn't like what it was doing. But uh, since I've been back, I've just been trying to amuse myself more than anything else. And... I succeeded with my uh, angry vegan tweets, so I hope you had a, a good time reading them as well. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Cam Edwards, on Instagram at Cam Edwards. Uh, Miss E, not posting a lot of pictures, honestly. Uh, she's been lying in bed, but hopefully that'll uh, change here in the next few days. You can follow her on Instagram as well at Corny Goat Farm. Thank you for being a part of this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. Have a very Merry Christmas. Have a Happy Hanukkah. Uh, and while I'm off on vacation next week, I am still planning on attempting a 40 Acres and a Fool. Let's go ahead and, uh, uh, and say that there will be one, so I will not wish you a Happy New Year yet. But I do hope that you have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah. Enjoy the, uh, the time, and uh, we'll talk to you again very soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool. Be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we'll see you back here soon. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.